I don't want them to think that I've got to stay off the land. I want them to think that I'm going to swim to the bird. And I just feel like when I stop them there and I give them that cast and they turn and then I throw that next bird, that's solidifying in their mind is, hey, he wants me to stay in the water to go get this duck and not to climb out. Hey, Adam, before we get started, let's don't forget to mention our sponsors. Yeah, the guys who helped bring this podcast. We couldn't do it without them. I guess we could, but it makes it a lot easier, you know? That's right. Shin Gear, waterfowl equipment that's built better. Made by waterfowlers for waterfowlers. Go get you some Shin Gear. Miss Melissa at Duck Dog Clothing. For all your Duck Dog Clothing needs, podcast gear, check out Melissa. Our website at Duck Dog Clothing. Dropbox, go in, buy a t-shirt or hat, supports us. We appreciate it. Don't forget your wet mud mats and your Kong bumpers. And if you're not Kong, Jim, you're wrong. Soggy Dog Gear, SoggyDogGear.com. Oh, Doug over there, Soggy Dog, he's a dog man. For all your dog training equipment, he's got it there. Go to SoggyDogGear.com. Be sure on your flat collars to use the discount code, the doghouse, to get your discounts on your flat collars. G&G Motors. Columbia, Kentucky. See Chaz Giles for all your large, small, new and used tractors. Chaz Giles at GNG Motors, Columbia, Kentucky. Guys, don't forget to check out Tetra, the hearing system that works. Tetra, hear the hunt. Hear the hunt. The Sullivan family has been with us a long time, guys. It's no longer Sullivan Motors. It's Sullivan Kirk Automotive. Sullivan Kirk Outfitters for your lift kits and et cetera, et cetera. Also, new and used vehicles. Those guys who have supported us a long time, we'd appreciate it if you support them. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Doghouse Podcast. Welcome in my main man, Jim Rogers. What's going on, Al? What do you say, Dad? What do you say, Jimmy? <laughs> oh, man, listen. I am. Uh, I'm glad to be here, bud. I'm. I'm ready to roll. Ready. I'm. I'm. I'm back to dog training. I done had a few days of it. And weather's been beautiful, and, it, and I'm excited, man. That's excellent. Speaking of beautiful weather, I got it here today. But look, we're gonna do a. We're gonna do a podcast this morning, and I'm fixing to get hooked to the plow. You ready? Oh yeah. No, same here. Let's roll on with it. I got the same scenario. It's gorgeous. So let's yep. roll. Yep, and before we do, we just want to, hey, real quick mention, we're about to cut off entries to the seminar. I think there's one or two spots um, left as a as a viewer. I'm not sure about a handler, but if, you, if you're even thinking about doing that, we're about to cut that deal off so, um, so you, you know, that way we know who's coming and what we got to have and all that. So I don't want to beat a dead horse, but just throw that out there. Yeah, man, exciting times, man, but it's going to be fun. Hopefully you got in. If not, we'll do another one down the road somewhere. But if you want to come and spectate, thank Kevin said we got a spot or two, maybe one or two left. So let him know. If not, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. We still love you either way. That's right. All right, Jim, I've been in the water a lot, and I just wanted to throw something out there. So, yep. you know, when when you get in the water and you're doing these marks where they got to swim past the gun and, um, you know, or they got to channel out down a channel, when a dog decides to climb out, how do you go about handling that? So, like, I guess one of my questions would be, 
do you are you one of these guys that you're going to blow the whistle as close to the mental infraction as possible, or do you going to let them climb out and then correct them? What's your thoughts? Man, that's a great question. I mean, it is, and that's one that that I, I think it's dog to dog. Just like the rest my, of this shit, we do. <laughs> it is, man. You know, we, we always, we you know, we always sound like we're giving a affirmative answer, but you know, like my older dogs that's going to beach on me. I, I may let that older dog go ahead and climb out and and take a take a little more correction. Yeah, thump him. You know, because he he knows he knows that's right. Like, nah, you you knew that you're going you're going past that gun. You've done it. You know that. You know, I think I think there is probably the most uh, blatant lack of effort that you can truly believe in because we've trained so many times past that gun or to channel out that they ought to know that. Uh, the young dog who, like yesterday, well, I mean, it is February and we're running water in Kentucky. First time in my career. Crazy. And I got a long career and that's, that, it's crazy how beautiful it's been here. The water, I mean, we're talking, I ain't talking about old dog. We run puppy blinds yesterday and, uh, we had some, we had, and some puppy march and we had some, uh, we had a couple of nice marks, you know, get past the gun. We always going to get past the gun. Yeah. Well, on those young dogs, so we're going to let them, they'll start turning in towards the beat tweet. Oh, back, you know, not burning, not giving them any hard correction, just to know you want back here, you know, because they, they've been through swim by last fall. They're starting to run their blinds or start, you know, yeah. they, they, they understand enough to know I casted you, you better carry that. Right. You know, now we had a few instances where cast, they turn and dug on back to the, to the beach now that becomes a correcting uh, point right there because that now we're into a cast refusal, right? You know, so I'm I'm going to correct there. What what's your thoughts? I'm going. Yeah. I mean, I know that's yeah a lot. I think I I agree. I may let the older dog climb out and and correct him there, but that younger dog you're talking about, <clears throat> I'm going to stop as close as when he breaks his line. So if he's going going going, he breaks his line. He he makes that decision. I'm going to get out right now. Tweet right there. I'm giving a straight up. I'm not begging him with an over. Go straight. All right. Yep. And then look, a lot of times what I'll do right there, if that dog takes that cast and he keeps going, I'll let him keep going. All right. Now, if I get into a battle like you are, when especially when I'm just starting, like you were talking about, I yep. might would stop him again, cast him again. And when the dog turns, I'll have a gunner. Hey, hey, hey. And throw. All right, yep. so it just solidifies in that dog's mind that hey, just, just keep going the way he's keep going straight. You with me? Um, yes. And then, and then, and what you're talking about when you start correct, you, you you said you get into a correction because it's a cash refusal. And I was talking to a good friend of mine that was here this morning. We were just having a casual conversation. So my question on that is, and we we discussed this because I don't really know the answer. When you when you correct on that cash refusal, all right, does the dog understand that he's getting corrected for going to the shore, or is he think that it's a cash refusal? I'm, how does the dog relate that that correction means don't don't go to the shore if you're corrected on a so, cash refusal? So I agree I agree with that completely. But I and I think the dog re- receives it as a Cast refusal correction in my mind. Now, okay. How they truly see it, none of us know. But I, I, <laughs> I always look at it as I said, go there. You know, like I, 
you know, once I blow the whistle, it's over with. You have made a mistake. Now I'm showing you how to how to recover, and I'm going to allow you to, to to make a decision here. If you make the wrong decision, I showed you the correct one. That's just in my mind. Now I'm not talking about burning them down. You know, I ain't no, 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 no. I get it. I get it. Dropping a hammer on them, but I said. You know, they're bailing out to the right to try to make it to the beach. Tweet left, you know, a literal cast. Not yep. like you said, I ain't begging them out. It's out straight up. It's straight up. Straight Go up straight. Cast. Get, get your butt back there. And, and at that point, I may even, like on them young ones, I may even fudge on my line a little bit. Meaning, you know, I'm always at that point of they got to be at least halfway before I let them beat you from the, where the thrower is. To the bird, I got a point right in there at, ha- at about a halfway mark. They got to be left, you know, if it's a right hand bank, they'd have to be to the left of that right hand bank, be to the right of that point to get out of that right. spot. If if they give me a, a decent cast and get past the gun, I'm probably not going to be as picky about how far down they go. Right. Because I think they're learning that at that point, now I'm thinking they figure out I got to get past this guy. Right. And it will work on, we'll work on, Asked him more as we go, and right. that's. And, and but I, I see your point. You know, once you blow that whistle, are they getting the point to stay in the water? Or are they getting the point to? Are they getting the point of? Hey, he said go left, or you know, carry my line with a left hand turn, and not just cave right back into that shore. I don't know. You know, I I I know. I I would like to think, especially if there's any correction involved, they would understand it would be for not going where I told them to. Right, and I guess when I set out to do it, what I want, and I, God, I wish I could talk to these animals, but um, what I want to go on in this dog's brain is if I, if I stay in the water, I get to the bird, right? So I don't yes. want them to be, I don't want them to think I got to swim past the gun. I don't want them to think that I, I, I got to stay off the land. I want them to think that I'm going to swim to the bird. And I just feel like when I stop them there, and I give them that cast, and they turn, and then I throw that next bird. That's solidifying in their mind is, hey, he wants me to stay in the water to go get this duck and not to climb out. So we we done that yesterday on kind of a channel mark. It wouldn't be so much past the gun. It'd be channeling out. I will do that bird throw. I do it on the past same, the gun also. Same type concept. Same type concept. We just do an extra bird. They started in towards the beach. As soon as the dog would cast out, hey, 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 bumper. You know, we'd throw a duck, and then we'd just throw a bumper on top of it. Right. That way, and then they would just dig down the channel to get back there to it. Correct. Correct. No, yeah. I, but it's, I think at some point in the dog's life, you got to understand, too, when you cast, that means go where I told you. Yeah. You know it's what just, I'm saying? Like, so I get, I get your point. Is it conveying exactly what we want? But if I'm going to stop them, they've got to give me the right cast. They can't just cave back in. No, no, no. I, I you know? totally agree. And then that comes with time. But I'm just thinking about the easiest way to get them to make sense of what I'm trying to accomplish here. Sure. You know, that, sure. that cast Absolutely. means stay in the water. Yeah. Um, you know, and at some point there, you're going to you're gonna end up nicking them or, or what for a cash refusal. I get it. But, you know, how to how to teach that and how to get it to make sense in their mind. Um, yeah. I think that throwing that extra bird is a big deal for mine early oh, yeah. on. Now, look, when they're older, I, they don't get that unless it just gets into a you know a bad spot. So, yeah. Um, what about a dog that goes and gets in 
And um, all right, so you you got a 75, 80-yard entry. All right, and it goes down, and it gets in the water. All right, when do you let it get in and then see what the dog's thinking and what what's going to happen before, you know, I like the dog, if they don't get in at the right spot, but they get in the water and make a, a conscious decision to do the right thing, I think that's very rewarding. What's your thoughts on to it? The way that where they enter the water, absolutely. And I tell you, I'll take that another step further. We we actually had this scenario yesterday. That exact scenario yesterday is uh, we were kind of in kind of a weird angle into the corner of a pond, and then pushing out to the end. It was a small pond that had a nice uh, cat, like you know, uh, beat down cattails at the end. They had to get through, so it was a really good blind coming to some lunch and water and pushing out. And probably only sixty seven yards of swimming, you know, and we were about sixty yards off pushing out about 20 yards so wasn't a monster just a good master level training blind right and a lot of those dogs would take off go down and hit the corner and, and they would bail into the right a little bit and they, it was actually a little more water you know so we were not stopping them at that point i would not stop the dog because he was actually they were making good decisions for actually the more of the water and once they started out through there i would let them get going good then stop them and put them back online i did not i was not stopping anything before the water as long as it wasn't a blatant cheat now i had some go down there and just peel off to the left you know right just you know tweet no you know come here burn you line you get your lower cast you know you better get that water that's a little different story but the ones that were making a conscious effort to try to hit the water i let them carry into there i'll yeah. carry that another step further and, and if you're wrong, I started doing this a few years ago, and I really like it. It's like getting over a point. So many people let the dog get on the point, stop them, and they want to make the exact cast into the water. I very seldom stop the dog on the point. Very, very seldom. I always, as long as they get in, get over the point, and they dive back in, regardless of what direction they go, I let them get in, and then, then stop them and put them back online after they've made that second entry. Right. And I have that's improved re-entry off of points I made. You know, it's kind of the same thing. You know, right. let them make the conscious effort doing the right thing, and then I don't get that popping just because they got on a point every time they had a point to stop. Correct. Yeah. You do that or yeah. think about that? Yeah, I, I yeah. do. I try to mix it up, you know. I I also think at some point in time, you got to have that cast off that point in your, in your, in your arsenal. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but at the For same sure. time, in training a lot of times, I want to see if – I want to see – you know, a dog get up there and kick off of it to the water, yep. theoretically. And if they'll do that, man, I feel like you you're winning at that point. You're winning. You're winning the battle. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. Oh, if they'll do yep. it on their own. But I yep. mean, yep. ultimately, I'll, this there's a lot of gray area. There's not not a lot of black and white. But it sounds like you and I both are going to lean on when they're younger, handling, get them to go keep keep them in the water, and when they get a little bit older and get a little bit more experience, we put the weight on their shoulders to stay in there and let them climb right. out and then bring them back yep. in. Bring them back in. Yeah. Let them make the decision. Well, some dogs have, have been through all the basic stuff, you know, the swim by and the de cheating and, and you start throwing those marks and he starts voluntarily bailing out way before they're going. Like I said, that's probably the most blatant, uh, look at, at, uh, 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 lack of effort or maybe is in the dog training world because we've just done that so much they they should know that you know right 
especially on standout guns. You know, we're doing white coat, and they see a gun stand out there, they know that it's going to the wrong side of that every time. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. Good. Let's uh let's move on, Kevin. You got a few questions for us. Yes, sir. So I'm going to summarize the first one. Uh, it's a little lengthy, but basically, HRCH MH dog starting to enter cues um, and seems to be doing well on it. Dog runs blinds and handles well. His problem comes into overcasts. He, he gets angled backs, uh, but is struggling to get overcasts. Does that give you enough detail out of that question? He's struggling to get yeah. the overcast. Not, not he's not struggling with overcasting, but the actual right. overcast. Correct. Gotcha. Going perpendicular to the line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, go ahead. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a dog. None of my advanced dogs here that are going to give you a true over and go over until it you stop them i you know i'm have some young dogs that'll do it that that are was on the tee two months ago or something but i mean essentially the overcast for us at this point is just finishing a blind and we're just talking about that little kiss my ass it's right there over too it's not it's not necessarily uh um over go over for 40 yards either you know no if I'm in a position, I need a 40-yard over. I'm in a bad position. In a tight spot. In a tight spot. What did they say on old brother? We're out there. Damn, we're in a tight spot. <laughs> You're fixing to say, Jimmy had to go to doing some handling. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> real handling. I, I'm i with you. I I, I think, uh, you know, when we first started years ago, years ago, we actually done drills and stuff to try to get dogs to do that. You know, to try to, we thought we needed a, an over cast and we, we we didn't run literal casting you know we were running directional casting you stop the dog you put it back over on line and you try to get your straight backs and your straight and we figured out that that's way harder than stopping and angling back and forth across that line the way most judges want to see you do it you know you want to you want to ride that line you know the, the imaginary line between you and the bird and unless you just get a terrible send-off uh you know, most of the time you're going to stop that dog where uh, 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 a direct, uh, you know, directional cast wouldn't be necessary. It would be a literal cast where you would literally give the angle to the to the point where the from the dog's seated to if he would carry that angle all the way to the bird. And and I think we, that's how I'm assuming most everybody. Everybody I know trains that way. It's lit, you know literal casting, and, and then you know there's times that you you're gonna get I, you know I've been in a spot or two where you magically get a good over you know, but I think the dog kind of understands from their early training that it's in there. But I'm only gonna get a few yards, like like I said, it's just right there at the end of the blind or something, you know, just uh just got to get enough to to get to the state. Right. What what amazes me is I see people giving overs to get like a slight angle back in training. I mean, and, oh, yeah, yeah. and then at, at the hunt test too, and I'm just like, how in the frick do they, they're giving an over to get um, a, a, a little bit of an angle. And I'm just, it's, it makes me scratch my head. And now I, these people, dogs run pretty good blinds and pretty successful. 
Um, oh, yeah, yeah. They've lied it, to it so much they believe it. You know, that's, 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 that's the way they do it. Well, that's just and, the way they do it. And That's just the way they do it. A big, a big, I've seen, you know, I've seen dogs need just a little bit of, just a, just a chink, you know, like it'd be hard to get mine to give that little of a, of, of a change. And I've seen people walking out, you know, <laughs> walking, know. A, a walking over to get that little, just a slight turn, because uh, they've done it so much that, but the dog understands it, and, and and that's part of it too. It's it's how you train, uh, but but I think if you do that, you're going to get yourself in positions you can't get out of if you're not real careful. Right. Uh, you know where you don't have the opportunity to walk out and over. If uh, you know if you're in a if you're in a bad spot, you can't get get out of. So you know I try through training. Uh, once they're up running any kind of blind, once I blow that whistle. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be. I'm gonna show them where the bird is. Yeah, I. I mean, if, if I, long as you can get a little over there, um, you know, I. I wouldn't worry about it. I'd be good at changing yeah. directions on my angles, and then you don't have to worry about having no gaping overs. That's my advice yeah, to it, to the fellow. And if you completed your HRCH master title, and been very successful with your blinds, and I don't know what your record is, you know, and how how your dog runs blinds, but. Uh, don't sound like he needs over time. either. I was going to say, you know, how many times, you know, have you had to give that over with, you know, or needed a big over? Yeah. If you do, you may work on things like lining up, get more, you know, take off more correctly, you know. With, right. When when you say dead bird back and within uh, one to three seconds, you blow the whistle and have to give it over, you're, you're in big trouble. Then we're in a tight spot. We're in a tight spot at that point, you know, uh, and it happens. You know, dogs are just shoot out. You know, we've uh, all had it. Dart, they dart, they dogs, just, man. They just dart off like, mm. what the heck? Now you got to go to handling. You know, and that happens. I mean, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it happen in the big games. You know, it, they just get a confused moment. But most of the time, you know, at this at that level, if they made made it to a master hunter, you say dead bird, and you lock them down. They they gonna leave out pretty pretty firm online. You know, right and. Uh, and, and they just don't let them get so far out. You got to give a big over. All right. And sometimes you get the spot. Yep. Go ahead. I said, I said, all right. I, I feel like we covered that. Don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Yep. Yep. What else we got? So, this is another question that kind of ties into that the difference between literal casting and directional casting and when you use one versus the other. I think I covered it, but I'll. Get, uh, Adam, you want me to do that again? Just yeah, kind of give I, a I'm, not, real quick. I'm, I'm not really sure what directional casting is, but literal literal sure. casting is giving the cast to take you to the bird. Like, if you need an angle, you give it a you know, in a slight angle, you give it a slight angle. I mean, the the that, cast that gets you to the bird is 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 what that is. I don't know what yeah, directional direct, casting is. Directional casting is where you would stop the dog <laughs> offline put the dog back on line with whatever cast would bring it back to line like an over and then give it a, a straight back, you know, where you're actually casting overs and backs, not angling. You know, you're, you're putting the dog instead of putting the dog to the bird, like we would do, you would put that's, it's an old school way of doing it that, you know, I remember back, like I say, when we first started training, I, we taught that we taught the dog to go back on line and then cast it up left or right. It'd be like running the T on a blind is what it would be. Right. You know, and uh, it's inefficient. It doesn't look good compared to the way we run blinds now. 
uh, it's just way more efficient. I, and there's some judges, I think, maybe some of the old guys, you know, that have I've, I've seen that like that. They like to see a dog taken up, but I, that's all played out, man. It's, you know, <laughs> that's some, now, that's yeah, some old, old school, school stuff, man. That's old school stuff. It just doesn't, it's, you know, once we start running blind, once I say dead bird back and that dog leaves, as long as he's on line, I leave him alone. When he comes off line, I stop the dog, and like Adam said, from where that dog's butt is sitting to where that blind is, if that's a whatever degree angle, I try to convey to that dog with my arm raise at a 10 degree, 20 degree, 30 degree, 45 degree angle. If he'll go that angle and carry it, it'll take him all the way to the bird. Yeah. It's exactly that angle away from the dog. And the dogs pick up on that very quickly. I mean, we're, we're I think the blinds become very proficient. I mean, you know, most of the master level blinds I run, two or three whistles, you know, because A, they lead pretty straight, and B, they're going to they gonna give me a pretty good angle of what I've asked them for. Same, same way with you or Tyler, you know, any of us that are running master level tests. You know, and, and I get those type. I learned tests. from Lauren, and he's, he's been doing this for 40 years, and he's always looking for a better way to do something. And I guess I just, that never, you know, being running a directional casting blind never even sets with me because I've always, man, that's there's better ways to do it. So why even think about doing it that way? It's just the yeah. way I look at it. The, no, de- I, the debate in my mind is literal casting versus momentum casting. What I would say, you know, the the guy I said earlier, he that gives the over to get the angle in training. That's lying to the dog, and, and that's not literal. That would you save yeah. your over to get an angle at a hunt test when you really need it? When you really need when that, you're in a bind. yeah. When in you're a in a bind, you give them an over to get some angle, some directional change out there. When they kind of then turn you off and shot you to bird a little bit, you know. So that's right. Uh, there's yeah. I never even in my mind debate literal versus direction. It's always literal versus momentum. And momentum casting, yeah. Correct. So you just save that, yeah. save that momentum cast for hunt test when you really need it so yeah and to explain that because you've added something to it the momentum cast is doing whatever it takes necessary to get them from <laughs> where they are to where they are that's right meaning you just got to go something to the left or something to the right you got to get some movement hard that way or we're we're going to be called in on this deal that's when the last ditch efforts have hit right They're on a point and they they've scalloped it and not come off and you, now you gotta and you, you do, gotta give them something you do not do that in training. You don't use momentum nope. training and cat and momentum casting in training because you use literal. Therefore, your momentum cast works at the hunt test. That's if you right. use it in training, and it's not going to work at the hunt test. That's right. Where in training, if the dog scallops on the point, you would correct and call back because you're not under judgment. You're teaching. You cast it into the water, get into the water. Yeah. Yeah, you let me yeah. give O'Swayze or Junior or one of those dogs out there an angle and, and him scallop, you know, and him and him, you know, not give me what I want. I'm going to give him less and make him give me what I want versus give him more give to get him. what I want. That's right. All, right. all right, you little ass. I give you this angle. You're not going to take it. Well, I'm going to give you a straight up and make you change directions now. If you're going to be yeah. a peckerhead, I will too. Yeah. Does that make sense to uh, me? Oh, yeah. No, same here. That's the exact same. I mean, yeah. I'm giving way more straight ups than I am 
walking out ever giving out a walking out left in training. I, I'm just saying or walking out right. Yeah, in training, I'm gonna give less to get more versus give more to get less. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, there you go. Carry on. Carry All right. On. All right. How do you determine confusion versus dog copping out? manipulating the situation avoidance on difficult, challenging marks. Dog goes when sent, but spins shortly after leaving the line or pops. Is this avoidance versus a memory issue? How would you correct the situation? Mm. We both grunted at the same time, Mm. Jimmy. I mean, there's a lot of factors in here. Does the dog want to go do it? I mean, there's the first thing you got to ask yourself. Is the dog popping and 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 spinning on you because he don't want to go maybe he has a lazy tendency maybe he doesn't have as much desire as as it would take to do that difficult set of marks or is the poor dog so damn confused that he don't know whether to shit or go blind excuse my french as lauren would say all right is he so confused that he's spinning or popping because he don't know the answer And I'm going to say that probably the latter would be mo- what I see most of the time would be you've pushed them to the point they and the, you've you've got them to the point of they just about give up on you. That's a dangerous spot to be with your dog if you start seeing that pretty often. Right. Uh, I mean, it could be all of the above, but the the one where you've just overdone, pushed too much. Most of the time, I see it in young dogs where guys are trying to build all age dogs out of out of uh, uh, 10 month olds uh, and not let them develop the way they should I see you know I see that pretty often not real often but often enough to recognize it I I, I would think if I was seeing that much I would have a dog uh, I'd have I'd have that dog doing a lot of stuff that they are very capable of doing and a little bit of the hard stuff right what the dog's doing? It sounds like to me. Now, I love to, I love to have more details. I love to meet this guy and this dog and put my eyes on it, see if we can get it figured out. But to me, what the dog is doing, he's standing there with his hands out, like, "What do you want?" Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know. So theoretically, he's probably made a mistake and wasn't given the answer. He wasn't, you know, he went some way and then uh, it was wrong and it ended up in a bad situation and the dog did not get the solution to the problem. Does that make sense, it, Jimmy? Uh, oh, so absolutely. I, and if, if it's you're going to stop them, and if you, they're sending for a mark and they go the wrong way, you're going to stop them. You got to give them information. You got to give them the solution so they can put it all together. And and to me, a dog that gets in this situation is he's been corrected, and I'm not necessarily meaning with a collar. I'm just saying maybe stopped or maybe called back in or maybe no here or or something like that to where he did not know the answer to the problem and it wasn't shown. Most of the time, if you'll show if you'll give them the answer over time, they'll go more confidently and figure it out. It's impossible. It's possible to answer this question without really, you know, giving the guy a good assess answer and information without seeing it. Yeah. And knowing details further back, it, it, will, will they be transparent and say, yeah, man, I he was going the wrong way, and I just started going, no, 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 and nicking him. 
what we would call a cold cock or um, is he stopping him and I mean what's happened to the dog to get it to this point yep just over I'd be willing over, to bet it, that, it, it, that I'm and right and it could be too the dog just don't have the desire to do the type work that you're doing and that's maybe intimidating that, that be, yeah just to the point of, of you've overdone it you know and, and he doesn't have that much go in him if he's got a lot of go and he's doing that he's done he's confused to the point you gotta you gotta break it back down I'm with you I'd like to see or I like like those are the type of things I, I like to look at and be able to say hey this is what I see this is what you need to work on and, and like I say break it back down I, I've had you know, I've had dogs. I've got a personal dog right now that's he's fantastic. I'm top, one of my top runners. That's that's really really nice, and I was pushing him hard, and he got he got a, a little no go issue there. But we we're working on big stuff. So as soon as it developed, I, I shut all that down, back right back down to doing some singles. You know, making him bring his confidence back up, and within about 10, 10 days, two weeks, we're right back where we were and building on. Yeah, I, you know, like I did. I recognized it real quick, like real quick. He got real nervous. We were trying to trying to start showing some retired stuff, and he got confused on it and took it out, done what he's capable of doing, and then started adding that in, like a little bit, teaching it, teaching it, teaching it. Now it's no issue. Right. I didn't let it build into a major issue. I did not want to create a, a something I couldn't get out of. Right. I guess I'll end with this, and it's going to be a couple of – it's not going to be an answer to your solution, but it's going to be – a couple of pieces of advice. When you're doing complex stuff like that, you better keep old Mr. Sparky in your pocket, okay? Don't be don't be burning on him and stuff like that when you're doing complex stuff. All right? Cuz that's going to that's going to create worrisomeness and anxiety next time he sees something complex. And my next piece of advice is he does not have to be perfect. I think we get this deal where they have to be perfect he does not have to be perfect let him make mistakes if he's given effort reward him give him the answer next time you do something complex maybe he's three percent better and the next time maybe he's ten percent better and let that perfection come let that preciseness come as he's as he's gaining knowledge as he's getting better at doing complex stuff and we're talking about a lot of time. We're not talking about three weeks. We're talking about years, and let that dog develop. I guarantee Absolutely. you that that would solve your problems if you'll take those two things and don't don't demand perfection and preciseness. Reward effort and keep Mister Spark in your pocket. And don't be correcting him unfairly. Then the dog will go try, and 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 he won't be standing out there with his hands up. Like what do you what do you want out of me? I think a lot of that too is and and I, this guy may have bird help every day, but I think that's where your your actual person in the field makes such a difference. Oh gosh, I mean, right there, it's so hard to do complex stuff without people out yeah, there. I mean, if you're trying to wing or train, and some people have had great success with it, but if you're trying to wing or train on complex scenarios, I can see that becoming an issue. Yeah, you know. Because, like, you know, immediately the first thing you or I are going to do on a dog like that is get that radio, hey, uh, you know, hey, Jeremy, give me a hey, hey out there. Stand up. Step out. Throw me a bird. You know, hey, 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 shoot the yeah. gun. Do something. It's important. We're not going to let him fail. We're never, you know, you and I, neither one are ever going to let that dog fail at that point. 
by just giving up. Right. Yeah. And that makes it, I think that makes a huge difference also. Kev, you got one more and it better be a, uh, I'm kind of getting a little bit, you know, I've been tapped the table and I'm getting a little bit, you know, riled up. So it better be a good one. (laughs) I got, it's a short one even. Here we go. When directing for a loopy set, when do you apply the correction and why? Um, Adam, you done tap the table. I, I, you mean, let me let me start. Start, Jimmy, because right. I'm. Go ahead. <laughs> so the way I do it uh, is when I blow the whistle. Uh, I, I think uh, a short whistle, like I'm gonna give them a short, soft whistle, and if they loop out uh, as they go to set, I'm gonna whistle and nip the set. That's what. That's your answer. That's my answer. <clears throat> I mean, my answer to your question is going to be, what does the dog understand? I don't think there's a uh, the answer to how I answer the question. I go through a whole process of teaching a dog how to respond to a correction for not sitting on the whistle, so I know my dogs understand. What does your dog understand? How did you teach it? So. I would I would go back through, think about how I taught that dog to sit on the whistle, and then that's how I would correct it. And if you taught it how Jimmy just said, then by all means, it should work. But for me, I'm going to blow. If I don't get a crisp set, I'm going to blow again with constant pressure until his ass hits the ground. Then I'm going to let out of the pressure and then another whistle. But then again, that is a whole different process that I go about teaching them to how to respond to that. So I don't advise you do what I do if your dog hasn't been taught how to process that information. I don't, you know, I don't see as many loopy sets as I used to. People have gotten way better at that. Yeah, people like, are. And I, I, so the one, the dogs I've had, to, uh, I've had to fix on loopy sets of dogs that have come in, you know, that have been trained elsewhere or have been amateur trained and asked to run maybe, you know, the grand or the national, whatever, which I'm tickled to always run those dogs and they're usually very good. Uh, but you know, if they do have a loopy set, I, I have not broke it down into drills. Uh, I usually just get it in the field and, uh, just it's always worked for me just, uh, and cause I'm assuming the collar condition, I'm assuming they've done everything else. So it's not something I've come out of my basics. If they come out of my basics, they're sliding to a stop anyway. You know, they're digging a hole where the whistle hits 99% of the time. So I don't have to adjust to that, but if they've been allowed to make loopy sets, I, I can get a, a collar. That's I'm going to put a collar correction on it a lot. Right. And I, yeah. I think you get a ton of questions about how to correct, how to correct, how to correct, how to correct. How do you correct this? How do you correct that? And it's all so dependent upon how the dog was taught what your basics were yeah when you went through basics how did you teach the dog to process being corrected and i I don't know how to show you that it's just it's just what you did and well you and i both do this the same process of burn to a hot spot where the dog locks down on the pressure and don't bolt from it yeah i don't i don't like that term burn to a hot spot but they got to sit on the pressure that's burned to us, but I mean, that's what I call it. Right. You know, they got it. They lock on the pressure yeah, they, and that's what causes them to get to that, that constant lock. So 
if your basics were correct, you're not going to create a lot of that stuff and then hold your standard. You're not going to get into a lot of that type stuff, you know, the, the loopy sense. And all that. But then, you know, everybody gets to the dogs and they want, they want to move forward quickly for some reason. Everybody's in a foot race, especially in the hunt test game to try to be the first one to a hunt retriever champion or a master title. Right. And then all the, what I call Swiss cheese comes out where all the holes start showing up. Yeah. And, uh, Things like loopy sets and loopy sets these days in a, any any test, HRC test, master test, whatever you're running is, is going to be tough. Yeah, you know because people. I mean, so what happens is everybody else's blinds are going to be crisp stops with crisp casts. Your dog's looping way out. You're not getting that. So your dog your dog doesn't look as good. So you're gonna you're gonna get judged on it. It's gonna stick out like a sore thumb it, to the judges. It's sticking out like a sore thumb. So you need to get that right. So the question should be how do I get my dog to stop on a whistle? <laughs> right. Because that's the key is when that dog hears that whistle, it needs it beats it beats these running running from forward to backwards as it turns to to lock down on you. Right. Uh because that's the type of stop that everybody else is gonna have there. So you can't be the one that's got the guy that runs 25 yards offline. Now, I run a dog several years ago up in uh, Pennsylvania for a guy, and she run pretty good. I hadn't had much trouble out of her. I hadn't had her just a couple of weeks. He you know, asked me to take her on a master test with her. And the first time I blew the whistle, she went out of sight in behind the tree on me, like way up, like, what the heck? And I called her out and got her back there, like one whistle, you know, but I had to call her back and then, Send her, send her back to the birds. I had two whistles on the bunch. She actually done a nice job, but I'm like, oh lord, that's the worst I ever had. She would just make a, I mean, she'd make a loop. She'd go 20 yards offline. Mm-hmm. So it that took me some time to get her to sit down. I may even put her back on a on some pile work, you know, right. get her stopping even coming in and quit, quit stopping going out. So I just put, took her back virtually through whistle stops. Well, yeah, there you go. But, you went back to the yard to fix it. You don't fix that bad of an issue in the field. No. Dang sure. Oh, no, so. no, no, no. This this was this was beyond a loopy set. This was the yeah. – she wasn't sitting on the whistles. What she was doing, she just running. She blow the whistle. She'd run right or left for a little while and said, I'm like, well, that ain't going to uh, get it, bud. <laughs> all right. I need, I need to get to work. Y'all good? Yep. Oh, we're good. I need to I need to roll right now. So Good. Worked out good. Kevin, thank you. Thank you, bud. Yep, no, no problem. I, I, I want to apologize to everybody that, that came out to the hunt test the last two weekends thinking you were going to get judged by Jimmy and, and got me. What a I mean, That's down. what I like to refer to as the old bait and switch. So, yeah, that's what that was. He's <laughs> <laughs> so full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Kev, thanks. Thanks, Jimmy. See you, bud. Thanks, everybody, for See listening to another episode of The Dog House. We out of here. And guys, don't forget, go check out our new website, thedoghousepod.com. Um, you can submit questions, see all of our guys that sponsor our show. Click, 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 boom, go buy you some stuff from those guys. And see us on we- on, on the face page over there at Facebook, The Doghouse Podcast with Adam and Jimmy. You can contact us there. We're going to try to put out some content and stuff there. Thanks for listening. Appreciate y'all.